Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode 94. We're six away from 100. I'm your host, Joshua J. Moskers. No Kyle today. He has uh, some family things coming up. Joined today instead by our special guest, Brian J. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Happy to have you on. I was excited. Um, before we go any further, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you have going on? Uh, sure. Well, like you said, uh, my name is Brian J. And my main uh, things I'm here to talk about are I have a YouTube and Twitch channel, both under the name The Brian J., which I've been running for a couple years now, just sort of, you know, plugging along with those. And also a small business located in Seattle called The Brian J. 3D, which focuses on 3D design and 3D printing. Nice. Nice. I uh, I looked into 3D, got into 3D printer fairly recently. I'll have to, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. Um, but happy Always to have you on. Excited. Yeah, yeah, you have a. I guess we'll start with the your YouTube channel. Sure. Uh, I I got into I, I don't remember where I saw like your content at, uh, like where I saw it posted maybe on Reddit or something, um, but I I saw your your video for uh, avoid the demons your dollar store gaming video. Oh and, gosh, yeah, that was a recent episode. Yeah, it was like a month ago, and yeah. uh, I. It was. What a game, first of all. So the premise... <laughs> I, I don't tell even people, know if you, it could qualify as a game. Yeah, so the, the premise of the series, I guess, Dollar Store Gaming, is you're buying games for a dollar or under, essentially. Yeah, so Dollar Store Gaming is my one of the two series that I have that's been running the longest, which is I go on Steam and just look for games that I can buy for a dollar or less, whether that means it's always a dollar or less or whether that means it's normally... You know, most of the time I find something that's, you know, 99 cents, but half off. But sometimes mm-hmm. it could be, oh, this game's $3, but today it's on sale for 65 cents. And yes. I just think it's a fun way to sort of find really cheap games. <laughs> um, most of the time, as you would expect, they're pretty awful. But yeah. I don't know, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, you, you find a gem, a really cheap, fun game. Uh, <laughs> Avoid the Demons was not one of those. Avoid the Demons I was, was <laughs> one of the worst games I've played on Dollar Store Gaming, actually. I, so you, I watched you, it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying you got in at the bottom of the barrel, so there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, it was the first one I had watched because I went to your channel and just hit videos, and I was like, oh, man. Like, I went I went through, and I was just going back through, like, the most recent. I, I like looking at the most recent videos people upload because it gives me an idea for, like, where they stand with their, uh, like, their content, like, the quality, and, like, where they're at currently, and then mm-hmm. I'll go to the, like, the older videos and see, like, all right, this, let's see where they came from yeah. right now. And I watched Avoid the Demons. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. I wonder what this game is like. See how his review is. And it's like literally you're in like a, I don't know, 10 foot by 10 foot square in the game. If that. Moving around. (laughs) Just moving around in like a circle, essentially, to avoid these slow moving demons. It's just WASD to move around. And there are some (laughs) demons that they bought from some some asset store or likely just pirated from some asset store. And (laughs) they move straight ahead. And then you just try to survive the longest. And it's pretty god awful. <laughs> yeah, the textures were uh, almost non existent. <laughs> they were, if, from what I recall, they were all over the place, too. The it trees was... were like weird, like blocky ovals, essentially. The ground was like, an, like a kind of detailed lava sort of look. Yeah, everything weird. had like a very, not just a different texture, but a different quality texture. Yeah. It was just a mess. And unfortunately, <laughs> games like that come up pretty frequently on Dollar Store Gaming. Yeah. Just because there's so many places that'll be like, oh, we 
bought a bunch of assets for, I don't know, 20 bucks total, you know, took a day to throw a game together. As long as we get five people to buy this, we're making a profit. That kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> That's like half yeah. the games. I, I don't do dollar store games necessarily, like dollar games. I do a similar thing on, on Xbox where I'll go in and there's a lot of games that are like $3 or $5. Yeah, that are yeah. I, I like getting achievements. Uh, I'm, I go in on and off uh, with it. Uh, but uh, I'll go in and I'll see like, all right, what do we have available today? Because I'm always getting Microsoft uh, reward points. So it's like a lot of these games I end up getting for free, essentially. Hmm. And so it's like I go in, it's like, all right, all of these games. Uh, what it, I'm trying to think what the uh, the, the game maker is. Uh, Rattalika Games is what it is. And they like put out. I have not heard of that. Yeah, they put out all the they're They put out a lot of, I think it's like individuals making games on their own. And they they rattle like a you know is the one that uh, produces them then, hmm. and uh, they they put out tons of games for like three dollars or five dollars, and they're super easy like thousand thousand gamer score games, and a lot of them are uh, the like choose your own adventure like text based games if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, probably because those yeah. I don't know maybe those are easier to put together. May, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't really know because it's like anime sort of art style, but you're just supposed to talk to them. A lot of them are you can literally set it up at the main menu. And this is what I did for a lot of them, because I just like I said, I, I get it for the gamer score uh, where you go in, you can set the text speed to fast. You can do like auto skip and uh, like skip transitions and you hit like a to start and it skips and like a minute and a half. And it's just nonstop, like a blur on screen of characters appearing and disappearing and text just completely illegible you can't read it all and then the game ends in like a minute and a half and it's like one achievement after another just keeps popping up and that's it so they're just visual novels with like exactly really quick, uh with just like a bunch of achievements yeah. yeah i i think there's a lot of those on steam but they tend to charge a little more just because visual novels on steam are so popular makes sense yeah they uh there's some like that there's some that are sort of little puzzle games uh that are kind of fun a couple of uh I got a number of little platformers, like think like Mega Man style or Contra yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, those show up on Dallas Store Gaming every once in a while. Just some, mm-hmm. I know sometimes it'll be like, wow, this game, uh, why are they charging so little for it? Like it's <laughs> actually pretty good. I know it yeah. just it makes me think that the company doesn't have much faith in the game, but it's actually quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't really are, see that many. Yeah, I just don't really see that many visual novels for that cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, I think it's like five, right around five dollars for a lot of them. Uh, a couple, of the, a, a number of them I did get on sale. To be fair, but mm. I think a lot, of, most of the time, anything come from that publisher like around five dollars, seven dollars, something like that. What if this stuff is I'm on like, Steam? Right. Uh, it could. I think some of them are, uh, because some of them. What was I forget? Some of the games are just like dumb names. Uh, one of them is like a butterfly game or something, and it's literally like you control like a. Uh, caterpillar and you just have to move around the level and collect all of like the little whatever like the orbs or whatever hmm. and that's it it's like 30 levels of that it's very simple and straightforward um and i i got it on pc i don't remember if it was in steam or or like the microsoft store or what but it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of that stuff's on the microsoft store but yeah i wonder if it's on steam too what's the name of the company Radalika games uh Radalika games oh yeah here we go yeah, lots of, lots of interesting Steam. Uh, Steam Curator. Yeah, they got a couple things on Steam. Oh, okay. 
Nice. Yeah, a bunch of us. Actually, no, they got like 25 games, 26 games. Hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. One of the one of the games they came out with uh, was Nexomon, which I don't know if you're aware of that. What that is? It's basically a Pokemon clone. Oh right, I've heard of that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I I didn't realize that. I don't know if it was just for the Xbox port they did it. I played it originally on mobile, and I don't think they had anything to do with that. Uh, and then it, it they just re-released it for Xbox, and huh. I was like, I was like, oh dang, they put the, they're in charge of this now. Awesome. <laughs> Somebody like, just got brought in to be porting or whatever. I guess, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, no, it's a lot of these games that are are cheap are often kind of fun because it they're not trying to be overly complicated. It's just someone putting together a game. They're like, oh, this is just a fun little game, like a hmm. little platform or whatever. It's yeah, nothing, I don't know. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, going... they they made uh, Chasing Static. Oh no, they just published it. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen a couple people uh, play this one. It's just a short little uh, psychological horror game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks like it was made by a different company. But yeah, maybe they're just a pub. They just make or publish a hmm. lot of these games. Yeah, I my understanding of, and this is literally just me looking at their games library in the store. It just seems like they work with a lot of like really small developers and try and help them publish stuff which is cool, cool. Yeah. yeah very cool yeah um going going back to your your series how did you what made you start doing like the dollar store game like how, what was the uh conception of that like um well I, basically i just started my youtube channel i was just trying to think of fun shows to create and mm. i was just browsing steam and realizing man there's a lot of stuff for really cheap and I looked around and realized there aren't really any, really any series on YouTube that focus specifically on, you know, finding the cheap games on Steam because yeah. there are hundreds, like tens of thousands of them on Steam. <laughs> like for every good game on Steam, there's like 50 really cheap ones that just get thrown out like on a per second basis. Yeah. Like... If I go to like new releases, let's see what's come out like in the past day. I'm sure here we go under five release date. Yeah, here's a ton of games just released today. And it's like, here's yeah, here's one for 59 cents. Here's one for a dollar. There's just a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, no one really talks about these games that much unless they, you know, I guess sometimes they go viral if one's really terrible and suddenly everyone's playing it because they're like, oh, you got to see this game for yourself. I'm like, you yeah. know, I want a spot like that. And who knows? Maybe some of them will be pretty good. And some of them did turn out pretty good, actually. Yeah. Interesting. But had- again, most of them are just no good at all. <laughs> There's a reason they're only a dollar. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It, you know? It's it's not it's no big loss if it's not a great game. Exactly. Not- like if if it's a terrible game, I'm like, you know what? I spent 50 cents on it. I yeah. think there's only been like two games that I've actually hated so much I got a refund. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure one of them was Avoid the Demons, actually. Was it? <laughs> yeah. The other one was, oh God, what was it called? It was called Pixamalism. And it's this hmm. terrible platformer where you just get to the end of each stage. And the stage is like, I don't know, three screens wide, but zoomed out. And yeah. after seven levels that take about a minute to beat total, or no, like two or three minutes to beat all seven levels, then the game just loops. Interesting. So it's like, it's like a four-minute game, and I was like, 
so disgusted that I got a <laughs> refund on. I think that's one of the ones that I actually put in the video, the refund that I got. Nice. <laughs> and there was one other that I got a refund, but that was for a different reason. It was a uh, Sky Flight, I think it was called. Hmm. Yeah, Sky Flight. And I thought it was actually a pretty decent game. But then yeah. I looked it up and it turns out it was just a literally a stolen game. Uh... They They illegally pirated some... I don't know, some like asset maker and then it comes with a demo game to show you like, here's what you can do with this. And they literally just released the demo game. Interesting. And yeah, I looked up. Yeah. And I looked up their, uh, their library and it's just entirely stolen games. (laughs) Like they were going on like the RPG maker website, like the forums there where people were like, here's here's a demo of this game I'm working on. They would just steal that and put it on steam for like a dollar. Jeez. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure I reported them too. I, I wonder how they don't get caught like very quickly from that. I would imagine just because you know not a lot of people pay attention to every single game that comes through Steam. I mean, I don't even do that. I basically just once a week I'll like say, all right, what are the newest releases on Steam? Which one's a dollar? Yeah. And so even I'm not paying that much attention. I have a whole series based on it, so it's probably no easy for yeah. a lot of this stuff to just sort of slip through the cracks. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. The other, uh, the other game series I wanted to talk about was your Game Boy Roulette. Oh yeah, your uh, that's that's sort of my 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 baby. That's that's the one I'm the most <laughs> proud of. Did you did you was that like your first console? Maybe the Game Boy, or what did you start uh, on? It was one of them. My first, I don't remember what order we got these in, but when mm-hmm. I was a kid, my first consoles were a Game Boy. And a Turbo Graphics. Oh, okay. Which was uh, this console that I'm pretty sure only I bought in the US. <laughs> but it was actually a pretty good console. But yeah, the Game Boy, I mean, I just grew up with the Game Boy. I actually have, I have a little like display next to my desk that has <laughs> the original Game Boy that I had as a kid on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of falling yes. apart, so I need to remake it. <laughs> I got to like find replacement parts. But yeah, I've just always loved the Game Boy. But uh, yes. so I was like, you know, I'm looking around. I'm seeing all these shows of people like, oh, I'm going to review these games from my childhood. I'm going to review this game that I think is an underrated gem. I'm going to review this one that I think is overrated. And I had the idea, you know, what if I just take the library of it's like 600 Game Boy games released in the U.S. Yeah. And what if I just throw them in a big like randomizer where it just mm-hmm. picks one out at random <laughs> and whatever it lands on, I got to research and review. And that's sort of just where the series came from. And I was actually literally just before this podcast editing the next episode. Nice. Uh, nice. It, it ended up becoming my most popular series. And I mean, I'm not a big, you know, a big YouTuber. My videos will get like 100 to 150 views at max. But yeah. that's the one that's the most popular. Nice. Well, I know I, I was say my first console might have been the original Nintendo. I also don't remember exactly what order it went in. I know I started out like original Nintendo, we had Super Nintendo, and then my mom had a Game Boy that she just didn't use. So I ended up getting it and I played, uh, there was a Donkey Kong Country on it. And then I don't remember what the other game was. I For some reason, like I had this in my mind that it was like some skateboarding game, but I just really can't remember what it was. I think there yeah, were a couple of Skate or Die games for Game Boy, so it's possible it was one of those yeah I, I really don't it this is 
like like I said, like over like twenty five years ago, probably. <laughs> so it's just like I have no memory of this at all. Um, but yeah, it it was I don't know. There's something about like the original Game Boy. And I, I got a Game Boy Advance. I never had a Game Boy Color, but I had the Game Boy Advance. And there's just something like even thinking back, like how much fun I had on those consoles playing all those games. It's because the system is shockingly varied for the time. Like you were talking about, you know. Oh, you had the an NES. And, you know, the NES, I would say, is most likely most people's first system. But mm-hmm. the Game Boy had even more variety than the NES because I think it was more accessible for developers. So, yeah, you had, you know, all the big, the same sort of big style games. You know, you had your platformers and puzzle games, action games, stuff like that. But then you also had just all sorts of variety from smaller companies who were like, hey, we don't have the tools to make something for the NES, but we can make something on this much smaller system. And I think that also bred a lot of creativity being like, we have like what one megabytes to work with. Let's make (laughs) it work. It might not even be that, but just, they have so little space to work with on Game Boy cartridges that they just have to see, okay, what can we get out of this? And, you know, obviously a lot of the time it falls flat, but a lot of the time, some of these games are, but feel like decades ahead of their time. Like I've played it like, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I remember, uh, I forgot what, like a Turok game on a Game Boy at one point. I was like, oh my God, this is intense. Yeah, I actually (laughs) have reviewed a Turok game for Game Boy on Game Boy Lite. I just don't know if it's that one. Hmm. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Turok Game Boy. Because I think there's a couple. Yeah, it's called Turok Battle of the Bionosaurs. It's like a weird platformer. Interesting. But like, I don't know if that. I don't think that was it for some reason. I think there's a couple Turok games because Turok was a hot commodity at the time. But there's like also stuff I've played like Bingo, like action. There's a game called Panel Action Bingo that's literally like a bingo <laughs> action puzzle game. Somehow, uh, there's a Punisher game that is a rail shooter on the Game Boy, which is mm-hmm. kind of unbelievable. There's, of course, a ton of platformers, as you would expect, but they sort of mix yeah. up mechanics all the time. Just all <laughs> kinds of crazy variety in what you can find on the Game Boy. And so it's it's made for a really fun series because I literally have no clue what I'm going to get next. <laughs> you know, some people will leave comments saying, oh, I'd love to see you review this or that next. Game Boy Roulette, I, I don't BS my way around it. It is actually randomized. No matter what it is, I have to review it. Yeah. You know, that's sort of the code I set for myself. So I think there was like two weeks in a row where I reviewed football games and <laughs> they were radically different quality. <laughs> but like, I have no say. I think the only time I did was episode 100 where I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've been dying to play this game from when I was a kid called Dexterity. This really criminally underrated puzzle game made by SNK. And I'm like, you know what? I have no idea when this game is going to actually land on the randomizer. It's episode 100. I'm just going to celebrate and review that one. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, getting a chance to talk about that was a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. It was a uh, Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, by the way, that I was thinking of. I have not played that one. I'm sure it's on the list somewhere. Yeah. I, again, I remember nothing about any of these games. Just that I had them. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I, there are a lot of games like that where I'll be like, that name looks familiar and I think I owned this, but I do not remember a damn thing about it. It was 
you mentioned like the fact that they didn't have a lot of size to work with. It's really interesting, like going to like an emulator or something and and downloading these games to try and play them. It's like this is like 0.8 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, how did how did they fit all this information into like such a small file? It's it's, it's incredible. It's, like, let's see the yeah. file size for one of these Game Boy games is. Yeah, he like some of the file size like here. First one I saw on this list: All Star Baseball, five hundred and twelve kilobytes. Yeah, it's like nothing. <laughs> and I mean, you have yeah, some it's... that are a lot bigger. They all, you know. I mean, I guess the bigger ones are more if it's going to be on Game Boy Color, but like... That makes sense. Mm. Some of them are just so tiny. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just... It seems very... I don't know what it is. There's some... I bet if I went back and tried playing a lot of the games I played as a child, I'd be like, what is this? What is... Why why did I love this so much? There are Um, so many games I've played like that where I'll play it as a kid... And I'll have been like, oh, this is my favorite game. And I'll go back to play it. I'll be like, why did I ever enjoy this? <laughs> it's just because, I, you know, as a kid, you had it. And you didn't want to be like, yeah. oh, this game that I got sucks. You want to be like, oh, it's just me. You know, I'm the problem. The game is fine. Yeah. a lot. To be fair, a lot of them, I ha- they, they've done so many remakes that a lot of them I actually have gotten to be able to like play a number of them again. Um, like the Spyro games for, for PlayStation. I, yeah, those got remakes recently, didn't they? Yeah, I... I played I played through it and then I had my girlfriend who is not a gamer really. I had her play through them and it was funny watching her attempt to do it a lot. But we we, re- we did those the Crash Bandicoot games, replayed all those uh, when they did the remake. Um a number of like the uh, the old Pokemon games, they have emulators for basically all of them. Uh, yeah. as well as like fan-made alterations of some of them. There are like po- tons of these yeah. fan-made uh, my friend just started a fan-made alteration that's like, it's in, I think, the Pokemon Red engine. Is it like the Fire the po- Red or Pokemon yeah, Red? Yeah, the Pokemon Fire Red engine. Yeah, that seems but to be the most popular one for some yeah. reason. Yeah. It just seems the most useful, and they've added in like all the Pokemon from future generations. Nice. It seems pretty, yeah. like, I wouldn't say easy to modify a Pokemon mm-hmm. game, but certainly easier than some other games. I I know nothing about it, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've I watched a stream once of someone modding some NES games, oh, okay. but that was more like he literally just had access to the sprite sheet oh, that it was reading from, and so he would just modify the sprites. When it comes to like actually <laughs> programming, I have no clue how easy or difficult it might be. Yeah, I wonder too if like the access to the internet kind of spoils some of the fun for it. Cause I remember back in the day, like you'd be trying to figure out like cheats and stuff in games or like secret ways to do things. There's always like rumors going on. Like, Oh, if you do this and you walk in this path and you catch this or like whatever, it's like, this is what happens. Yeah. But now nowadays it's like, Oh, I'll just Google it and see if that's true. Nope. All right. never mind. Do you remember the old rumor about Mew being under the truck? Yes. Yeah. That was the big it's- one. Um, all these rumors about, oh, if you're somehow able to skip the ship, you'll see a truck there. And if you use <laughs> it was if you use six Pokemon with strength yeah. on it, you can get Mew. And as a kid, I actually did it. Like I traded <laughs> with a bunch of friends and I yeah. went, I actually got then went to the truck and just turns out I don't know where that came from. It was nothing. It was not a thing. I don't know. It's just I, like, you can- 
there was a there was a way to glitch it and catch Mew in oh, yeah, there was Yellow, a, though. Yeah, there was like a very specific series of moves you had to do, which is yeah. something you could easily, you know, a kid playing could easily stumble into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have to like Mew maneuver was, around a couple, like one of the trainers, and yeah, then uh, it was on a bridge, I think. Yeah, it's like you exactly. maneuver around a bridge, you talk to a certain person, then you fly somewhere, and then go back over the bridge, and you just shows up. And it's just a weird, it's not like meant to be in the game, it's just a weird programming glitch. Mm-hmm. But there was a way to get it, and I'm sure some kid just ran into it and thought, oh, I maybe I figured it out, and just started the rumor themselves. Because, I, you know, that rumor's got to start somewhere. That's See, that's what interests me. I want to know what, what starts these rumors. What started Mew is under the truck? You know, what started yeah. things like that? Yeah, it's... I don't know what starts these rumors, and I don't know how people find out about some of these glitches, too. Yeah, because, it's, it's know, there's it's no internet. So, it's like, it's that. It's like, how did you know, like, the? it's like, you have to catch this Pokemon, you have to teleport, and you have to wait until this guy moves, like, half an inch, and then pause it, quit the game, go mm-hmm. back. And it's like, who's trying this? Like, how is this your first thought process? Like, <laughs> I bet if I do this, that something will happen. I have a feeling that a lot of them start with someone just running into the glitch by mistake and then being like, yeah. okay, I have to recreate this. How do I do it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, but even like I said, like even some of those, like as a mistake, I don't know how you do this on accident where you're like, you're purposely <laughs> pausing, crashing the game, jumping back in, teleporting around. Like, I, know, it's, some, I mean, it's, it's kids insane. We, we often had a lot of time on our hands, so we would just be like, let's see what I can do to break the game. And then, uh-oh, yeah. I accidentally did. It was that. I remember the uh, Tomb Raider. Everyone's like, oh, if you do this and that, um, you can see Laura Croft. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. There's rumors surrounding all sorts of games. It's a funny thing. I actually never really got into uh, Tomb Raider. Even though I had a PlayStation 1, I never bought Tomb Raider. It was like one of the we had. Only series from PlayStation well, no, there were a bunch of series from the PlayStation that I never really got into. I, had, I think I had a demo disc of it, though. I remember the old demo discs. Those were so much fun. I actually have a bunch of them next to me right now. Like, I have my <laughs> game collection, and I have... Let's see if I can see them from here. Uh, I can't. Hang on. Uh, are they right here? Uh, shoot. I'm not seeing where they are. They're somewhere in there, but, like... I once did a stream on Twitch where I just played through them. And I think it might actually be fun to make a YouTube video where I go through. Because I discovered a bunch of games on there I ended up loving. Number one of them being one of my favorite games ever, which is this lesser-known PlayStation RPG called Legend of Ligaya. Interesting. That sounds and super familiar. It, it was this... It, it kind of got overshadowed. I think it came out the same year, or maybe a year before, like Final Fantasy VII. So obviously that yeah. became the big game. But it was a really, really excellent JRPG, and I found it on some random demo disc and just fell in love with it. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. do a. I think they, it'd be fun to do a video like jam that. packs or something. Yes, I think. it was like the PlayStation. There was like the Toys R Us jam pack and the yeah. PlayStation Network jam. There were just a ton of them. Yeah, those. Oh man, they were so much fun. I'm used to play a, a bunch of those because I'd be sitting there and be like, I'm kind of bored with the games I've been playing. I'll just play the, I'll play the the demo games. Yes, that's one of these. Because I think that's what I did for um, Medieval, the, the Medieval yes. series. That's how I got yes. into that. I think it was Medieval Two, maybe. 
was the it uh, was the I had a was demo disc that had that that had medieval on it. Yeah, it was that. I, I I remember I played that so many times that I just like memorized the opening. It's like uh, <laughs> shit. What's I can't remember the guy's name. Something uh, like back from the dead once again. I remember is what they would. Uh, what was it? Oh, Daniel Forza. Daniel something. Daniel Fortigue. Is that what it was? Yeah, medieval main gang. And I'm looking this up because it's driving me crazy. So Daniel Fortescue. Sir, Sir Daniel Fortescue. There it is. Fortescue. There you go. Yeah. That was close. Yeah. Every I got to replay time. medieval. That game ruled. You're going around through like the museum or whatever it is you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I, had one of those for my, uh, I had the PSP, the PlayStation Portable. Oh, yeah. Played the crap out of that. Nice. Yeah. I think, I think they have, they might be working on a new one actually, which would be awesome. A new oh yeah, there is a new medieval game coming. I think it's still in development, but I'm not sure. Medieval Resurrection was the one I played, I think. But yeah, no, I I'd be excited to to play that. It's just I don't know something about that. I just I loved playing all those old school games. They were so much yeah. fun. Again, I feel like it was like they just didn't try to like make make it overbearing as far as like all right. There's two, like I think some games now people will complain about. Um, I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey was one of them, where it's like there's just too much going on. There's so many side quests and things like that. Yeah, like, I'm all yeah. I'm all for having tons of content. At a certain point, it's like all right, this is work. This is just mm-hmm. you're literally just running errands for people. I was like, this is just meant to add time to the game, not co- like content. If, uh, if that makes sense. And then I feel like a lot of that is done specifically so they can then sell like, oh, you can skip this mission for, you know, a micropayment or whatever. Mm. I think, I know most games don't do that, but I have seen a couple that are like, you can buy this time saver. It's like, so you you want me to pay to play less of the video game? Yeah, I think microtransactions have ruined a lot of big games for me. I'm just... I'm not it, like hugely against microtransactions as long as they're implemented well. The problem is so few places implement them well. Yeah, like it's one if it's just cosmetics, I don't care. I, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that. It's, yeah, I have no problem with cosmetic. Uh, it's when the game is designed to like entire. Like, the game is designed around the microtransactions. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the game Warface. It's like a first-person shooter. Familiar. Uh, it's free to play. But the you don't unlock guns. You have to earn in-game currency or just use real game money, uh, real game, real money, and then you can pay to rent guns. You don't. Even, we talked about in the last podcast. I think you don't even get to buy them. You would rent the guns in game. You I'm like rent them. I was like, it's like that's ridiculous. Five matches or something. I forget. I don't. It's been a while since I've done it, but that's how it was. You literally rent the guns. And so it's whoever's willing to shout the most money gets to, gets to rent these guns indefinitely that just deal more damage. They're just better. Essentially. Yeah, so that's it is awful. Like almost pay I to win. hate systems yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. I briefly recently got into, have you played Splitgate? Splitgate? Why is it? Oh, yeah. It's like the Halo and Portals. It's yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah, Halo meets Portal. That game's a lot of fun. I did play a bit of that. It yeah. is fun, but like it's entirely built around microtransactions. Yeah. So you'll be playing it like, and on the main page, it's like one tiny corner of the screen is play a game, and the rest of it is links yeah. to the shop. It's all like the ads on the side for all the shop items and stuff. That's all it is. So I just got so sick of it. 
it was the same th- it's the same thing with uh you know fifa madden mm-hmm. um mlb the show pops into mind because that's this thing we played recently where it's you can get you can earn like good players for your team but you have to invest so much time that it's highly unlikely and so it's most people just end up spending the money to tr- to get like the better players right out the gate yeah so, and then so everyone else that doesn't do that is like all right well i have no chance unless i'm willing to shell out hundreds of dollars yeah, that's not fun yeah it, i don't know anytime that it affects gameplay i don't really like it yeah I mean, i'm kind I'm, of the same way single player games i don't care either way like skyrim or something like that I, it doesn't matter to me i usually especially with them they don't have like a an overbearing number of little dlcs um i know <laughs> do you remember when they introduced horse armor in oblivion and everyone lost their minds. Like you're paying for I, horse armor. Yeah, I don't I, like looking back on that. I'm like, man, if only at the time people could see what was coming. <laughs> that was like, yeah, that was man. Because it was like yeah, four dollars, I think, or something. Yeah, and it was and so like, mild, and now it's just gotten so much worse. Didn't uh, <laughs> didn't the new Avengers game get sunk by like thousands of microtransactions? It could be. I don't know enough about that though. If I'm being that's honest. the thing, because there was a lot of hype and. Uh, I mean, it's Avengers. It was about as hot of a property as you can get. And the game just sort of, I don't know, died. They like had yeah, nothing with it. I remember there being a lot of hype surrounding it, like that it was launch- when it was launching. And I haven't yeah. heard anything since. That's usually a bad sign. Yeah. Where it it's goes- same thing with the, you know, the, the game spears- Evolve. Yeah, the same happened with Evolve because that launched with tons of DLC. There's a lot of DLC and it was completely unbalanced and they just didn't fix it. <laughs> they had uh you... oh go ahead i was gonna say they had one monster so it's for people that don't know it's it's like an asymmetrical uh game competitive game where it's there's four survivors or killers however, hunters whatever you want to call them and they're tasked with hunting down like one big monster very similar to like dead by daylight mm-hmm. uh s- sort of in this in the the way that the teams are are stacked gameplay wise is completely different but one of the monsters was, uh, I think it's a wraith, and it can go invisible. It's very fast, and it deals a ton of damage. And that alone should be enough to make it like a competitive creature to face off against. But then it had an ability where it could create like a clone of itself that also did damage, which made it unbelievably overpowered. And they waited, I forget how long, too long, uh, to put <laughs> it bluntly. And they just didn't balance it out. And so their user base just plummeted. And by the time they fixed it, their user base just wasn't there. They went free to play to try and bring people back. People didn't come back. And then the game is dead now. You just can't play yeah. it. I remember that game. I, yeah. I, I remember the game getting a ton of hype. And then it came out. I'm like, man, yeah, nobody's talking yeah. about it anymore. I don't know. Was it like an Xbox One launch title or something? Something close uh, to that, maybe? I don't remember. I, think so that sounds right uh, i don't know if it wasn't a launch that it was like near the uh the launch of the xbox something like that but it was in the general launch window if it wasn't yeah. a launch title yeah so but yeah that i enjoyed playing that game but it just they didn't support it well enough to you know keep their player base there and then they just waited way too long and it oh man like i said it they went free to play and now it, like you literally can't play it the servers are offline i can I can, if I can sort of tell a story about a game like that. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. Have you watched my video about the game The Culling? 
Oh, I, I know of the calling. I've not seen this video, but I know the game. So that was sort of my first video that got any sort of attention. Uh, who It's called Who Called the Culling? And for anyone <laughs> who doesn't know, the culling came out a couple years ago in uh, Alpha. And it's mm-hmm. it's a Battle Royale game, but it drops 16 people on, an island, on a small map. And you have yeah. to craft your weapons and scavenge. And it's melee focused. Like if you get a gun, it's yeah. super rare. Most of the time... <laughs> Rounds will go by without guns. And then you could yeah, also like bows pick... bows and arrows. Yeah, spears, bows and arrows, sort of spears. Yeah. You could find like, oh, a level two spear, which does more damage. Mm-hmm. And combat was kind of based around rock, paper, scissors, if anything, in that yeah. if you, they were attacking, you could block. If they were blocking, you could shove. And if they were shoving, it wouldn't do anything, and then you could get a free attack. And it was yeah. instantly a hit on Steam. They had like 12,000 people playing it. And people were like, okay, this game is great. It was like June. I can't even remember what year, but June of that year was when the game was at its hottest. And people were like, Mm -hmm. okay, the game is in a perfect state. Just start adding more content. And instead, the company behind it started like just patching and patching and reworking and reworking and reworking. So, like, each patch, the game got a little bit worse and a little bit less playable and less fun. And I specifically remember um, a patch where they removed a mechanic and they said, this mechanic leads to a lot of interesting and fun moments, but it doesn't fit our vision of the game. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but people are having fun. And they just kept patching and patching until the game was, like, almost unplayably different. Yeah. And then they announced, okay, now we're adding a big new content patch. But by the way, we're going to be making the game even more expensive. <laughs> and we're going to add in microtransactions. And by that point, the game was just, the player base was dead. I go into this a lot more detail in the video. Mm-hmm. But... Nice. You'll have to check um, that out. Just, yeah, uh, Who Called the Culling is the name of it. But it's just... I have it, I have it pulled up and queued. I'll oh, excellent. We're done. It's just <laughs> such a sad story because the game was so cool. I and enjoyed they it. Just, I, yeah. They just ruined it. They just had no idea what they were doing and they just completely ruined what was at the time an excellent game and turned it into something that nobody wanted to play. And yeah. then they made like the Culling 2 and it was a nightmare. And then they tried to bring back Culling 1, but it's like, you can buy a token and the token will allow you to play a game in this time slot. I'm like, this is so overcomplicated. Now, I don't even know if the company's around anymore. They just kind of screwed up so badly that I think they died, unfortunately. But it's yeah. just, man, yeah, the Culling, I would say, is sort of, <laughs> that video is my one of my masterpieces of, this is why, <laughs> this is like just a full deep dive into why this game failed so badly. Yeah. Like the big change I, was at one point they're like, we've decided to make a change to the combat where we're removing the ability to block. And people are like, doesn't that make attacking like completely advantageous all the time? And they go, yes. Okay. They like, they didn't address any problems. And so the game yeah. just became even more unbalanced. It was just <laughs> ugh, that game. I could go on for like hours about that game. I liked that like, game when it came out too. It I was, it was a an, decent it was amount. A, it was a fantastic game, and then it became not a fantastic game. I like the setting and like even the style of it, where it's like semi-futuristic. You know, they have like the big, yeah. uh, uh, 
they have the big like center area where it's like an arena sort of thing with um, like think of like a Dallas Cowboys stadium with like the uh, big screens right in the middle. So everyone can see from anywhere. Yeah. Little drones flying around. It was Um, great. It was set up as like a game show for, uh, for prisoners, you know, just kind of a, kind of a stupid sort of framing device, but that's, you know, it did its job and they had like a narrator who was really funny and calling the action. It was, it was a great game. And then they, and then it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting to see some of these games where people will enjoy an aspect of it. Like you said, where it's like people are having fun with it, but it's not in their vision of the game. Where in my mind, like, oh, what are people enjoying about it? All right, let's focus in on that because clearly that's, you know, what people are enjoying. That's what they want. Let's give them more of what they enjoy as opposed to, ah, they're, they're having fun with it, but that's not what I'm interested in. Exactly. Like It's, it's bizarre to me that they would they would do that. There has to be a balance. Like, if there's something in the game that you don't want in there, but people are enjoying it, there has to be a balance of, like, we're going to modify this maybe a little bit or get player feedback. They just sort of barreled ahead and pissed everyone off. Yeah. I mean, you look at games like Grand Theft Auto V, like Minecraft. They took, like, like what the community did and ran with it. Yeah. Uh, Even Skyrim, like, or, like, Bethesda in general. Like, these community, community mods... They added in as like official content, essentially. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of games like that. It's great. Yeah. It's like, that's how you should like, I'm not a game designer, but even I realize like that's clearly the way to go. It's like Mm -hmm. embrace the people that are making your game better and improving upon it. Like, I think some of them, like those modders even got hired by Bethesda because of the extensive mods that they made, like story related ones where they expanded on the like the universe and created new areas and things like that. It's like, why would you not? make the most of these people, these like talented people that are making your game more fun for everybody. It's drawing attention to your game. It's making, it's like extending the life cycle of it. Like, I, I can't imagine being like, put that down, get, get that person out of here, get their content out of here. Didn't that happen with, Oh God, there was some game where they, they were, Oh, it was Sonic mania where that was just supposed to be a fan game. And Sega got wind of it and was like, oh my God, this game's incredible. We'd like to hire you guys to make it an official Sonic like that, game. Yeah. yeah, and it was <laughs> the last Sonic game that was any de- any good. Interesting. And it also the last, I, the first Sonic game that was any good. And it's basically the only good Sonic thing for like a decade. <laughs> yeah, they hired the, the programmers for it. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I, I, I've never understood when, you know, like putting people down like that. I'm trying to think. I've only ever played like one or two Sonic games. I don't There's, remember what it was. It's basically a couple good platformers and a bunch of borderline unplayable garbage. Like the uh, franchise Shadow is pretty much Hedgehog. only held That's up by. One. What was that? Shadow the Hedgehog. I might have played that game as well. That's a that's a char- another character from Sonic where they said, "What if we took yeah. this funny, you know, lighthearted game about a you know an animal." rescuing other animals and what if we take one of the characters and give him a gun and a motorcycle <laughs> i wonder if it was sonic heroes maybe that's the one i played that one was all right i think that's the one it was i really i really don't remember yeah i don't know why i never i just never got into sonic uh i played in a couple of the Mega Man games um was it Mega Man x i think was the mm. uh, x2 i think was the one i ended up buying it they re-released like the entire Mega Man collection xbox yeah a while back and i was like sweet it's like 20 bucks 
I'll take it. Yeah, they have the the, the legacy collections where it's just all the yeah. old Mega Man games, which are I love stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Something about the Mega Man games are so much fun. Like the especially I don't know what the newer ones are like. Uh the old ones I just I love the like how simple it is where it's like, all right, you got like eight or nine enemies. Each one of them has a level to play through to beat them. They give you a power up that's effective against one of the other bosses. And just pick whatever order you want to go in. I was like, this is so simple and, and satisfying. Well, I don't even think they modify that uh, system very much for newer Mega Man games. I think they pretty much oh, stick okay. with the formula, and that's why they work. Like, they even yeah. made a Mega Man 10, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, but made it in the style of an NES game. Hmm. Yeah, so Mega Man yeah. is one of those games where every once in a while they'll mess with the formula. But typically, they keep it where it is, and it works. I know it, they it tried to make uh, what was it Mighty Number no. Nine? I think was the Mega Man knockoff that yeah. didn't go well. I guess that one was just all sorts of bad stories about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I it's just I weird. don't know like it, too okay. much about it, but I just know that it did not go well. Yeah, no, I think it got delayed a lot. I think. Uh, there's something with the funding of it where maybe they got the, the amount of funding they needed, but then they asked for more or something. I, I don't really recall. Oh, I remember. They they got all the funding and they were working on it, and then they launched another Kickstarter for another game. And people were like, <laughs> why why are you not working on but, Mighty Number no. 9? But, but finish the game we paid for. My, my the, dog has invaded the uh, the set here. So, <laughs> the, To me, the best thing that came out of Mighty Number no. 9 is that on my Twitch channel, I run Twitch Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I have a wrestler named Mighty Number no. One, <laughs> whose gimmick is he's the protagonist from that game, but now he's actually like angry and yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some, I guess, circling back to what I'd, I'd said before too, with a lot of those games where they were simple, but a lot of them were were kind of difficult at times if you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, and I, I like having that in games. I feel like a lot of games nowadays are just so overly simplified to cater to every, like they try and cater to every level of gamer um which fair enough like i understand why you want to do that i think it's it's good to have you know it's good everyone to has the same access to, to it yeah like, like it, it's if you do something like that if you're simplifying your game mm-hmm. i think that's fine but so, like you said it's easy it's you know easy to oversimplify it but you know the opposite's mm-hmm. true you know if you want to make a complex in-depth game that's fine but i've there are so many games out there. Where I'm like, I don't know how I would get into this. It's just like <laughs> the manual is hundreds of pages long. Mm. That's how I feel about like MMOs sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, MMOs are the big one for me that I'm just, I cannot get into them. There's just too much to consider. I got too much going on. I, I can't, I can't spend like a big chunk of my life devoted to one game, you know? <laughs> It's it's not an MMO, but uh, League of Legends was like that. When I like watch a clip of it or something on Reddit, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. There's so much stuff happening on screen at once. Or like, uh, what was it? Starcraft. This is another mm-hmm. one where I see it. I'm like, there's just so many like, there's so much happening. There's so many little commands on screen. So many different characters. I'm like, uh, and people are in the comments like, man, this is incredible. I can't believe he pulled that off. I'm like, I don't even know what the person did. <laughs> <laughs> all like, i see I'll is be, a, bot, a lot of characters running around and something happens i guess <laughs> i'll be like watching a clip it's like oh it's the league of legend championship 
and mm-hmm. things will be happening and I won't know what's going on. It'll just look like the game's happening. And then suddenly like the commentators are going insane and the crowd's on their feet cheering. Yeah. And it cuts to like one player jumping up and down and another one <laughs> crying. I'm like, what happened? It looked like they just ran <laughs> forward. Did I, I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. <laughs> I think the closest I've come to a game like that is I played Pokemon Unite briefly. And I'm like, this game's all right. Just couldn't get into it. And this is coming from it's someone like, who likes Pokemon a lot. I'm like, this is not my thing at all. Yeah. What's well, like uh, Eve Online? You know what that is? Yeah, I'm generally yeah. familiar with it. I've never played I, it. Then. I've never played it. I don't know really anything about it except that they fight with ships in space. And mm-hmm. even though I don't know what's going on, it is interesting. Like I've seen like screenshots or little clips of it where they have these massive battles. I'm like, I can appreciate that this is a large scale conflict where all of these yeah. ships are in, are fighting at once. Like this is cool. I can I can appreciate this. It's not so chaotic that I can't tell what's happening. You know, it I don't know, stuff like that's cool. It's I like seeing like communities make the game more than it originally is. Reminds me of the story where someone in uh Elite Dangerous did the same thing. Like there oh, okay. were these big space battles and then there yeah. was a one someone who was like my goal is to go further into space than anyone's ever gone in this game. Mm-hmm. And he did, but then he got stranded and stuck. (laughs) And it was this fascinating story where it's like, oh man, it's going to be this big rescue mission with people coming together to save him. Otherwise, you know, he's going to run out of, you know, fuel or food in game. And I'm like, this is super fascinating, but also it's just extra interesting to realize like, you know, the guy could just be like, oh man, I'm stranded in space. I'm going to go, you know, take a break and play Peggle instead or something. Yeah, (laughs) Because it's just a game, but at the same time, it's still so interesting to see whole communities form about this so it's the kind of thing where i'm on the i'm definitely on the outside there but it's still something i enjoy seeing you know yeah yeah i i don't know it's cool like i remember that was a thing in uh and i never played this either but world of warcraft they had like a plague thing going on where i guess like some players got it where it like affected their care. I again I don't know I don't remember enough about this. Um, but like and then they it was like an actual real life plague where like there were issues with, with people's characters and as they interacted with other player characters, they got like infected by it and it spread throughout the world. And so people I were like hiding in their houses and that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was like some accidental they literally formed an accidental pandemic and then people were like, We need to study this. To see how people would react to a pandemic, and the answer the is corrupted blood incident. Is what that it was, was it? Yeah, and Lasted it turns out, month. yeah, studying World of Warcraft isn't a great way to determine actual, you know, human interaction. Oh, I can uh, I can read the description of it if you'd like. Here, my dog is trying to get into my mini fridge. <laughs> uh, uh, so it began with the introduction of new raid and the final boss, Hakar the Soul Flare. I'm sure, I butchered that. Sounds like uh, a World of Warcraft can, name. Yeah. So when it when it confronted an attack, he would cast a hit point draining and highly contagious debuff spell. Uh, the spell was only intended to last a few seconds and function within the new area, um, but it allowed pets and minions to take the affliction out of its intended confines. So like people's little like uh, side characters, their minions and their pets would would carry it out of the area and you know infect other players with it outside of the area, and so it just spread. It killed low-level t- low characters and uh, players did everything they could to avoid infection. So they did like p- programmer-imposed quarantines 
and players abandoned cities like densely populated cities or just didn't play the game i remember watching a video about that but yeah i didn't remember the remember the details yeah that was pretty i remember it being like i've never played world of warcraft but i remember that being a big deal yeah yeah there's oh um what was uh do you know runescape that game yeah 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 they had a thing it was uh oh god i'm trying to remember the falador massacre where it was uh so they have pve areas and then pvp areas so you can't kill other players within certain areas you have to cross into uh the wilderness i think is what it was called um or there's a couple other areas i think too maybe um but basically like when you're in towns you can't kill other players Mm -hmm. um but there was a, a glitch where people uh would go around and start killing people in a town um he this guy hosted a party in his own house and they they started like fighting in the house and got kicked but they kept the ability to attack other players in in like towns and stuff like that huh and so they just went around and started murdering other players in throughout the cities and uh yeah it's it's just interesting to see how like these things play out like you have like a very real world reaction to a video game scenario. It's, it's yeah. interesting to see. I've always thought it would be interesting if World of Warcraft introduced something or any MMO really where just take one random player, just mm-hmm. completely chosen at random, be like, okay, you now have godlike powers in game. Yeah. We're giving you infinite money. We're giving you the ability to kill anyone, like even outside of designated PvP areas, just mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And just just like it's like a social experiment or just a game experiment, I guess, to yeah. see what happens. I think that would be interesting. And unfortunately, I feel like the problem, of course, there being a lot of people play the MMOs to avoid experiences like that. So it'd be mm-hmm. kind of difficult to facilitate something like that actually working. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, it's interesting to see. Um, there's a thing similar. I played, I used to play on a Minecraft server like 10 years ago, maybe. And uh, there's factions where you have like your team uh, and you're you're trying to break into other people's bases and and raid their base essentially. Um, hmm. And uh, there's a thing that was like that where uh, a couple of the people were just like, whatever. I don't remember how they got it, but like they essentially became like unkillable. They could fly, they could break <laughs> everything instantly, and they would just they would do that. They'd fly around, and uh, a couple of them did that where they went around and just ruined like griefed. They ruined it for everyone else. And then a couple of them were like, I can fly. Oh, cool. I'm a cameraman now. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, oh, cool. You're, yeah, you're not abusing it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's super interesting to me to see how people react and to like game changing glitches or, or however you want to, you know, phrase it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, like you said, I, I think it'd be cool if they purposefully did stuff like that just to kind of gauge people's reactions and, and see what happens. Yeah, but again, the problem would be like as fascinating as I as I think it would be, as much as I would love to see it, I <laughs> think there would unfortunately be a pretty big backlash, you know? It just it just turns into, yeah, uh, so yet again, this guy just went around killing everyone because the yeah. devs thought this is the guy <laughs> that's not gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, also you're, you're definitely right. Probably be easy. <laughs> For it to land on someone who's like, oh, I have godlike powers. Oh, but I, I'm just starting school, so I'm not going to be playing for a while. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, he locked in for five minutes to to find out he had the powers and he got bored with the game and left. Yeah. By the way, speaking yeah. of just, I always like, I don't know, signal boosting games. Have you played CrossCode? I uh, have not. I don't know of this game at all. It's a game about an MMO. Um, It's genuinely one of the best games I've ever played. And I feel like not enough CrossCode. people talk about it. It is just a abs. It's on Steam. It is just an absolutely fantastic game that just reminded me of. Like the game took me. I was playing through it. I wouldn't say casually, but semi-casually, yeah. and it took me eighty hours to beat. And that was <laughs> almost entirely story content. It's just a phenomenal game. So I always yeah. like signal boosting stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, my my signal boosting games are not interesting. It's it's sort <laughs> of like popular games. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, everything I, I recommend is just like super popular games that I'm currently playing. My dog is <laughs> insane. Uh, but yeah, uh, like D- the Dark Souls series, for example, I always recommend mm-hmm. that to people. And people are, are one of two things: not my type of game, or it's too difficult. And I was I, like, ah, you know, it's funny. I a couple years ago played Dark Souls. And I got to the first boss, and I'm like, I hate this game. I'm never playing it again. <laughs> and then last year, I was like, you know what? It's been a while. Uh, I just picked it up the remastered version for cheap on Steam. I might as well try it. And yeah. I needed a little help from Chad. Again, this was on Twitch. I was streaming it. So I needed a little help from people who could like explain a couple mechanics that the game was terrible at explaining. But I yeah. actually got really into the game and ended up enjoying it and beating it. And I didn't I, those, even think it was that difficult. There were a couple of difficulty spikes, but I don't think it was as hard as people made it out to be. Because well, once you get a hang yeah. of the mechanics, you can actually get things going. I think people call it hard because it doesn't ha- like hold their hand through the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically just dumps you in the game and says, all right, have fun. And again, there are some things that I think could have been a little better handheld. But yeah. overall... Really enjoyed it. I, I think it might be my favorite series. I count like Demon Souls in there as well, because mm. uh, it's spent like Dark Souls is basically the ser- uh, spiritual successor to that game. Yeah, and uh, even then, it, like Demon Souls is a spiritual successor to uh, King's Field. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's probably my favorite series. I've played it. I, I wouldn't I, definitely not more than any other game because there's a lot of games I've sunk a ton of hours into. Um, but Dark Souls for sure. I just I love those games. They're so much fun. Whenever people tell me, oh, they're they're so hard, I'm like, you just gotta learn the game, right? Like I feel it I sometimes people go into it with the wrong idea of how to play it, where it's just like, all right, I'm just gonna try and fight my way through. It's like, no, 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 it's not a hack and slash. Yeah. You gotta you gotta learn the enemies, their movements, you know, the the layout, like how they're gonna react. And I'm trying know. to think. I think the thing that took me the longest to beat, like the boss that took me the longest to beat, was Probably Ornstein and Smog, however that's pronounced. They're, they're one of the tougher fights because there's two of them. Mm-hmm. You can, but if, even if then, you're in a tougher fight, you can kill um, Ornstein. No, kill Ornstein first. Yeah, that's that's what oh, I did. Shit, I fr- no, maybe it's the other way around. I forget which. I killed uh, the smaller kill- one first, and after doing it, a bunch of people in chat were like, "Hey, so you just did it the way more difficult way?" Yeah. Okay. I I get it confused. Because you yeah. you can kill one of one one of them takes uh, a lot more damage. If you kill Smog first, that's what it is. Smog is the one you kill first. That makes it harder because Ornstein mm-hmm. gets huge and he's he's the fast one, has the lightning attacks and everything. 
Yeah, and uh, the other one, Smog gains lightning attacks. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a tough fight because there's two of them in there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Something about those games just sucks me in. I just love, like, the lows are super low because you're like, oh, God, I just can't get through this. But then when you succeed, was- it's like, I did it. I did it. I, I overcame it. That What's would be next? the um, dead shit. Yeah, the <laughs> what was the the dark the tomb of the giants? That was my like I hate this game now mm. section. But even then, once I got through it, and once you know, again, my chat was helpfully there to be like, hey, if you climb down this ladder, there's a uh, there's a bonfire here that skips half of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wish they had pointed that each, out. Which the game each one of those games out. has one of those sections where it's like just a nightmare section. You have like Blight Town, which is just filled with poison the entire I time. Didn't have much problem with Blight Town. I did when I originally played it. I didn't when I replayed it recently. Mm. But I've it, also heard I have not played Dark Souls 2, but I have heard mm. there is an infamous snow area. It's uh I think they're talking about the painted world. That one's ca- the bosses can be a pain if I remember correctly. I've I haven't I know, played in, that one since it came in out. Dark Souls 2? Uh, I don't remember actually. Hmm. Because I remember I went through the painted world in Dark Souls One. Maybe it comes back. Dark Souls Two. I'm trying to think. In Dark Souls Two, let me. Oh God! I looked up locations in Dark Souls Two, and there are way more than I remember. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't remember off the top of my head. Dark Souls 2. Oh, the Frigid Outskirts. That's it. That's the one that I've heard is a nightmare. Oh, the Crown of the Ivory King DLC. Okay. Oh, it's part of the DLC. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I never... Dark Souls 2... Well, I say I love that series. Now people are going to call me a poser. I don't think I've played the DLC for Dark Souls 2. Ah. (laughs) Dark Souls 1, I did everything. Dark Souls 3, I did everything. Dark Souls 2, my least favorite of the trilogy i've heard people Um, say it's the worst one it's just kind of weird it's kind of just in between like dark souls one they have like the nostalgia factor and dark souls three is like the most polished one so dark Mm -hmm. souls two is just kind of in like i don't know purgatory or it's like the the learning experience still exactly yeah or it's just like uh it's 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 a good game but whatever that one there was um it i think they just they were still trying to they were trying to tr- uh, try out new features and, you know, see where they wanted to go with the series. I think for some reason, I feel like there was different people that worked on it as well. I don't remember. I feel like that was the case. Not it, same studio, but I feel like they had different like leads on the game, mm. which might have makes- been a thing. I don't recall yeah. exactly. That would make sense. That happens more often than you might think. But yeah, they had the. Uh, I don't know. They had some interesting boss fights in that one, though, too. They had the Pursuer, who, like, follows you around through the area a little bit. You can fight him. Uh, the, uh... What was it? The Executioner's Chariot, which is just the people riding around in, like, the horse-drawn carriage, but they have the spikes coming out the side, and they'll hit you. And Ooh. you can just kind of choose how to deal with that. It's kind of totally. fun. I still gotta play... I really do want to play Dark Souls 2. Even if it's the weakest, I enjoyed Dark Souls 1 enough that I'm like, okay, I should give this one a chance. Mm-hmm. Same with, like, Bloodborne uh, and Sekiro and... I'm playing through Bloodborne right now, actually. How is it? Uh, it's it's fun. It's I think it's easy. I don't want to say it's easier than a lot of the Dark Souls games. It's different because um, you can earn your health back through combat. Like if you get hit, you can start hitting the enemy and earn your health back for each hit that you you land on mm. them. 
I like that. It's yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's definitely different. Um but even still the combat seems sort of similar to Dark Souls. It's just a lot more fast paced for sure. Cause like I said, if you get hit, you're like, all right, gotta get back in combat to earn my health back. You know, and so it's I don't know, it encourages you to, to play it at a faster pace. But it's a ton of fun. Uh it is a lot more confusing to me than the Dark Souls games. Like I get lost in it a lot, uh, especially er- like early on in the game. I was like, every single area I'm in looks exactly the same. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the city. It's just like, everything looks identical. I have no idea where I am. And then eventually I figured it out. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. Bloodborne's fun. Uh, Sekiro, I streamed that. It was requested that I play it and I was terrible at it. Uh, I'm just bad at timing in games. And that game is literally all about timing. And so I struggled so much in that. And uh, it's an interesting game. If, you know, I I think I talked about on the last episode of the podcast too, actually, where if I hadn't been streaming it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Uh, Yeah. I would have been able to take my time and, you know, just learn it more as opposed to, all right, let's get in here. Let's, let's push through, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to make content, not, yeah, you kind of really flesh out and enjoy the game. You go into a different mindset. Of people who don't stream might not know this. When you're streaming a game versus playing it normally, totally different mindset. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's still an interesting game for sure. I just, I don't know. I struggled with it a lot. It took me forever. Um, one of the bosses took me literally like four hours. I was just so oh, bad boy. at it. Like I said, my time. I just struggle with timing in games for whatever reason. Where it's like I couldn't get the timing down, and uh, yeah, it's just, I was just like, "Oh man, I can't!" Like symbols pop up on screen telling you what kind of attack is coming, and I was just like, "I just can't figure out what symbol this is." <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like again; those are all from software games. What was the oh, the rotten was the boss in uh, Dark Souls Two? That this is what I was trying to think of this while we were talking. There's a, a you can do this thing in Dark Souls Two. They added in where you can reset the bonfires and fight the boss again. Like you can go back through there and fight the boss again to, to oh. boost up souls. And there's a boss called the Rotten, which is this big blob monster essentially, and it was pretty easy to kill because it's just a big blob, and. Uh, I, I remember you just sit there and just farm it forever and rack up <laughs> uh, souls. In the f- when Dark Souls one, uh, when that came out, there's a, a glitch you could do too with uh, you get a dragon head and you can breathe fire. And there was a way I I don't remember exactly because I never got it to work before it got patched, but I think you could breathe fire and then use a soul like you can use souls from your inventory to gain souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they act like experience points. Um, yeah, there's like the you know soul of a brave warrior or whatever. Yeah, and you get like 500 uh, soul points for it. Um, but yeah, you, I think you use one of those at the exact same time you hit the button to breathe fire, and your character sits there just continuously breathing fire, and you're gaining souls nonstop. Like it just doesn't <laughs> register that you've used the soul item up, and so it just keeps recycling it and using it, and you can get like infinite souls that way. I do love doing that on some games. Like with Dark Souls 1, after I'd beaten it, like I beat it, then I 
replayed it to beat it quicker just now that I knew what to do. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to download this mod where you start with 100 of everything and mm-hmm. like infinite experience and infinite souls and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm like, let's, let's, let's see how quickly I can break the game. <laughs> I've been interested in getting uh, dark souls three for PC. Cause I want to try out some of the mods for it. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Oh yeah. There's uh, tons of mods. Yeah, I, I, I've been looking into that. Um, yeah, there's uh, Mortal Shell is like a, uh, it's, it's similar to Dark Souls, like the gameplay style. I would if you if you like Dark Souls, I'd recommend Mortal Shell. It's probably the I've heard of it. Yeah, it's probably the best made Dark Souls esque game out there. That's not, you know, directly the same as, as Dark Souls gameplay. Mm. Um, you know, it's the same similar style of combat where you got to learn where the enemies are, you know, you got to parry and stuff like that. It, the gameplay is a little bit different, but it's fun. It's interesting. Once you get the hang of it, it's actually, I think, easier than Dark Souls. Um, cause like enemies will run up and you can harden instead of like blocking with a shield, you can harden and enemies hit you. You don't take damage. And then when they stumble back from being hit is when you attack them. And you can, if you get that down, you, you're going to succeed in that game. I saw a review of Mortal Shell that basically said like that same thing that it does a lot, a lot really right in it. Mm-hmm. You know, a good iteration. Like the one I think the Souls like that I enjoyed the most. I, I guess it qualifies as a Souls like is Hollow Knight. I, I I've heard it's a Souls like. I don't get the comparison, but I've seen that a lot. So it, fair it's, enough. It's kind of a mix of a Souls like and a Metroidvania. Have you played it? I've I know of it. I've seen plenty of gameplay of it. I just haven't I gotten around to playing it. Cannot recommend it enough. It is a fantastic <laughs> game. It's basically in between a. It has a lot of mechanics from Souls likes, but it has a lot of mechanics from Metroidvania. So, okay. I just had an absolute blast with it. So, if you like Dark Souls, I recommend giving it a try. Okay. The only the only negative I'll give uh, Mortal Shell is the hub world is a nightmare to navigate. Oh, especially if, if especially if you're early on it's a giant swamp and everything looks absolutely identical uh i that's one of my pet peeves in gaming when you're in an area and like uh, you're trying to figure out where to go but every path looks the exact same it's it's one thing if like you're in an area and you just don't recognize the signs right yeah like you know you know what i mean where it's like there are things there to that show you what direction you're headed in but you're just not noticing them in this. It's like, it's kind of there, but literally the trees are shaped the exact same way. Like they're reusing models and textures a little bit. And so it, that just adds to the confusion where I'm just like, I don't know what direction I'm even facing at this point oh, because there, it, everything looks the same. There's a fog. So it limits how far I can see anyway. So it's just like, Oh God, once you get out of the swamp, it's, it's very straightforward and easy. But when you're in it, it's just like, Oh my God, I, I have absolutely no comprehension of where I am right now or where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> that's yeah, that's but, just the worst feeling in any game. What made me even enjoy that game even more is that I won a copy of it for free. Oh, nice. I was like, I mean, sweet. Then you, yeah. Then you got to enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I streamed it, had a ton of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not terribly long. Uh, I, I took a little bit longer with it because I was grinding it out a little bit. Plus I, I was trying to get like as much of a completion run as I could. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it I would highly recommend it. It's a, it's a really fun game. 
I will and check it I out. think it's I think it's a good way for people who find the the Souls games to be difficult. Try this out. It's a little bit easier as far as like you don't in Dark Souls you have to learn to parry sometimes instead of just blocking because you'll take damage. <laughs> so the parrying is hard for some people. Um, and then it you know Dark Souls games are just a lot more expansive. Whereas in Mortal Shell it's like all right, you just when you see an enemy attacking you, you harden and that's it, and then you can start attacking them. It's, yeah, that sounds know, just, some. That sounds like something I'd enjoy. It's a fun game. I think it's only like thirty bucks too. It's not overly expensive. That's also. Although a I good, think good I think they have a definitive edition, which that might be more. more sense, I, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. But I bought it. I I would have bought it when it was thirty dollars, and then I, I got the copy for free, and I was like, cool. <laughs> cancel that order. <laughs> install this instead. Um. So I I want to touch on before we get too long here. Uh. The Brian J 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, why you exp- explain that a little bit. So, I mean, you know, I do you I make YouTube videos, I stream on Twitch, but those are pretty much just hobbies for me. My my main job is I'm a small business owner. I own a business here in Seattle. It's just me called the Brian J 3D. And it focuses on 3D design and specifically 3D printing. Yeah. And so, you know, I have my website. I also have my Etsy store, the Brian J 3D. And so when I'm streaming, for example, you will see my 3D print cam. So I have a camera on my 3D printer. Oh, nice. And it's, you know, it's a business I've been working at for a cup for a while. And actually, funnily enough, it was during the pandemic that my business finally sort of clicked and started taking off just because people cool. were stuck at yeah. home and they wanted to, you know, have some stuff to do. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, I'm gearing up for the holidays because that's when the business is, you know, going to be the busiest with people buying stuff. And yeah. I'm currently teaching at University of Washington every Saturday. Nice. And yeah, I'm just doing a lot of teaching of just all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I mean, 3D printing, you know, I just want to explain to people, it is the most fascinating technology out there. <laughs> and I, that's sort of why I set up the business because I want to teach people, hey, this is super cool and you can learn it. Yeah, I like I said, I was I mentioned earlier, like I've been looking at getting a 3D printer. I haven't pulled the the trigger on that yet, but it's something I've been interested in for a while. Um, but it's just like, oh man. Realistically, I have no idea what I would use my 3D printer for if I got one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, a lot of people just want I, it for a hobby, and I'm like, hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I just can't justify it. I'm very like careful with how I spend my money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I just I can't rationalize purchasing this without knowing what I'm going to get out of it or what I'm going to do with it even. That makes sense. I have absolutely no ideas what I would use it for. None at all. Well, I mean, hey, if you ever <laughs> so, have questions, you even want to learn about 3D design, you know, I'm more than happy to help. That's, okay. you know, yeah, this so. is exactly what I do. I let people know about the kind of stuff that they can do with 3D printing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to... Now that I think about it, I do have an idea, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> But see, yeah, no. now now you got it in your head. Hey, wait a second. I, I just have to be careful because I do this all the time where I'll, I'll come up with like an idea for something. And then it's like, OK, cool. I'll just add that to the hundred other things I'm, I'm trying to work on right now because I keep adding more work to my plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's very easy to fall into that trap. I do it, too, where it's like, oh, I have all this cool stuff I want to do. But now I want to do this other new cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens constantly because, like I said, I, I want to get back into streaming some more. My schedule just does not allow it. So I stream on like Saturdays generally if I'm able to. Um, but during the week, it's just it's just not feasible. I really don't have the time for it. Um, so like even with our YouTube channel, I'm 
happily able to start uploading some more to that. Uh, I did a seven hour stream of Back for Blood the other weekend. Oh, nice. And so I've been I, I downloaded that whole VOD and I've been cutting that down to like 10 minute segments, essentially. Oh, that's cool. Basically, I, I it's however long it takes us to get through that specific chapter is what it's going to end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've been doing fairly well so far, actually. I'll, I'll pull it up. The uh, first two episodes have done fairly like pretty well for our channel. The third one is not so great, but it uploaded it at a weird time. And I have not adjusted the uh, uh, the tags or anything like that for it yet. I've been caught up in something else. But like the the episodes one and two are both at four point eight and four point seven thousand views, which are great for our channel. Dang, like I, that's yeah, I would love I to went, have views like that. I went like most of our videos do not do that. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think because it's a newer game and because I specifically went out of my way with the SEO on them, that it's been helping us out. The SEO on on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, like YouTube, whenever I upload stuff, always says, oh, the tags play a minimal role in people finding videos. I don't think that's true at all. I, yeah, I, I don't think, think that's true. The tags, the tags are important. The description's important. When you upload the video, the, the file name is important, believe it or not. Like regardless of what you change the name of the video to once you've uploaded it, the original file that you upload is important to the SEO of it. So like, let's say like you upload your Game Boy Roulette and you just type like on your computer, you have it saved as like GBR, um, like Mario or something, whatever, whatever you're going to call it. Um, and you upload that GBR is not going to pull any results essentially. In yeah, I usually save the file name as the name of the, uh, the game and then hyphen mm-hmm. Game Boy Roulette episode, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like. Even that, like I, I've been adjusting the the video titles that way when I save them. That way when I upload it, because YouTube takes that for whatever reason. YouTube uses the upload name uh, in their analytic in their uh, algorithm, which is something I've learned f- somewhat recently, actually. Um, but yeah, the tags, the description is super important. The title of the video, the file name of the video is important. Uh, stuff like that. I've just been I've been trying to work on. Yeah, that's uh, getting more attention to it. It's a weird balance for me because on one hand, I always want my videos to do well. And I feel like I haven't had that much growth on YouTube in general. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, most of my videos, like I said, I'm lucky to break 100 views. But on the other hand, it's not really like YouTube is my main source of income at all. Same with Twitch. It's more of a hobby. You know, my phone, if you ask me, you know, what would you of everything you do? What would you want your focus to be? It's my business. You know, and the Brian mm-hmm. J3D is actually doing quite well right now. So I, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you know, I wish I had more views, but I can't really complain, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, an, it's, there's so much that goes into like YouTube and stuff like that. Like same with, with us, YouTube is not our, our main focus mainly because again, it's just a time issue. I'm working like 75 to 80 hours a week at my full-time job. Oh, so wow. I just don't have, I don't have time to like make a ton of content. So mm-hmm. our podcast is always our main focus. One, because it's the thing, I, it's probably the thing I enjoy doing most just because we get to talk to so many different people. And two, because it's it's easy to do. Like I just sit down and talk for, uh, I, w- I was going to say an hour and then we usually run over an hour, it seems. And then two episodes ago, we ran over like just over three hours. Yeah, I is- saw that. I was looking at some episodes. I'm like, man, you have all these, you know, hour long episodes. And there's this yeah. one sticking out that's three hours. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Things yeah, got it was intense with, uh, there. It was with Marlon Hugh. 
uh i'll i'm happy to pull i think we talked about it on the last episode too maybe we uh, we didn't mention him at the time he was a great guest let me preface this by saying he was a great guest we're happy that we had him on we'd absolutely love to have him back on again all right now for the negative side of things, he was like 40 minutes late. <laughs> oh. So we were like, we went into it. We're like, oh, I can't believe this guy. He's making us wait 40 minutes. And he showed up like, hey, how's it going? Whatever. I'm like, all right, he's just not even going to mention it. Whatever. And we start recording the episode. and It was going really well. I was like, all right, I've already forgotten about him being late. This is worth it. So like I said, normally we're, we record at like eight o'clock on Sundays. So we didn't start recording until almost nine o'clock. And I was like, all right, we'll get done at 10, whatever. We didn't get done until just after midnight. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, I get up at four o'clock t- to get ready for work every day. Oh, I take my dog geez. out. I let him I, I run around outside a bit and I just get things around in the morning. And so I got about three hours of sleep. <laughs> I was so <laughs> tired afterwards. I was like, never again can we record with him at eight o'clock at night because it's absolutely <laughs> going to go long. <laughs> That's good for next time you have him on. You'll record it like, I don't know, 2 p.m. or something. Yeah, I mean that, that episode's done really well. I was surprised. Uh, again, we even when we were recording it, we kept hitting on like hot button issues. Um, Megan Fox was in the news for whatever it is she's got going on in her personal life, and we touched on that briefly. So I was like, perfect, that's going in the description. Um, <laughs> I forget what else it was, um, but I threw a number of those things in the descriptions and the tags. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I try and I try and do well with with that sort of thing, like the keywords and descriptors because that's what i do for a living i work in advertising so it's like that's literally my specialty is yeah then yeah you know exactly what to do is promoting things yeah so i again it's just it's a timing issue if i if if i had the opportunity to sit here at home and focus on this full time i think we could really take off with our youtube last year our twitch took off really well uh we hit partner last year in like oh congratulations in like four months, we went from starting the new channel out to hitting partner. Dang. And so like we we crushed it. I was so happy about it because I was able to focus on it. Like I was home from work uh, from April until November. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to stream every day for like eight hours. So consistency was super helpful. You know, I had plenty of time. So it wasn't like one hour stream here and there. And so I was able to sit down, really, you know, interact with people and give it my full attention. That's awesome. Yeah. And now it's like, cool, once every couple of weeks, maybe. For me, the thing was like, it's like, oh, everyone's working from home. I'm like, yeah, I've been working from home for years. So Hmm. this is, this is not new to me. Cause like I used to be in a, a 2D designer and I like, I actually spent a year like designing stuff for Amazon and whatnot. I mean, cause I live in, I'm in, I'm in the Seattle area. So yeah. obviously I've spent some time working for Amazon, but then I just, I just got sick of it and went freelance and then discovered 3d printing and went into that. And I was like, for a while I was like, okay, I'm going to do the business, but I really want to get big on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. And it's just, it became such a grind to do it like every day that I'm like, I'm not happy doing this. So I switched up my schedule. I focused more on the business and a little less on Twitch and YouTube, but it's still making stuff. But, you know, like I said uh, at the beginning of the uh, show, more is a hobby than anything. And mm. it uh, ended up working out pretty well. Nice. Um, yeah, I- you know, I'd like, obviously, you know, we'd all like more views on YouTube and Twitch and whatnot. But again, like I said, it's hard for me to really complain when 
you know, my day job, my business is going so well. Yeah. You know, and I feel like if YouTube suddenly took off or Twitch suddenly took off in a big way, I would just end mm -hmm. up stretching myself thin. Yeah. It's interesting because I know people have talked to me about like they get like a small amount of success on Twitch and like, should I just go full in on this? I'm like, absolutely not. I was like, it, like, I understand why you'd want, like, I'm talking like they hit affiliate on Twitch and they're averaging like maybe 20 people at a, like consistently watching at a time. I'm like, that's cool. That's great. Congratulations. But like, I tell everyone the same thing. Like until you're making as much money on Twitch as you are your, your actual job, do not switch over. It's not worth the risk yet. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, I understand, like, it sounds mean, like, it sounds like condescending or like, don't follow your dreams, sort of. But at the same time, I'm like, don't be stupid, right? Like, it, it it's you, like entertainment in general, nothing is like, you can't take it for granted because you see it happen to everyone. Like, how many people that you used to watch on YouTube are still super popular? Very few, if any, right? Like, a lot of the people I used to watch on YouTube were Call of Duty commentators almost none of them are still on YouTube making content. A lot of them were like college or high school kids at the time too. Like it's just, I mean, and you see it in the movies, you see it on TV, like nobody sticks around forever. Right. And, yeah. and that's at like a big level, like TV and movies and YouTube is like a middle level. You know, those are the top people. You're slowly getting some popularity on Twitch. Like if you go whole hog in this, it might work out. It really might. Or it could just, you might be stuck there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I quit my job to do this. It's not working out. Yeah. I don't I, have, I, I literally can't support myself now. Like you I know, know it's just, I've known some people who are like, I don't have a job. So while I search for a job, I'm going to go all in on Twitch and that's great. You know, more power. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend anyone like quit their job specifically to get into a Twitch. Cause yeah, you know, wait I, until you are getting somewhere before you do it. The, uh, the worst scenario of that that I saw too, which this is a person I know, I actually know, uh, her husband quit. Uh, he was working as like a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a recruiter for like colleges, like bringing people in. Mm -hmm. And uh, he quit his job there and he rented out a building for like, I don't know, $1,800 a month to stream on Twitch. He he didn't have a following at all yet. Like he was he literally started from scratch. And so like it was him streaming Call of Duty Warzone with one of his friends in this building. And it didn't go well and I was like I like I feel bad. I'm like I could have told you this from the get-go. This was not going to work out. Mm. Like it it sucks, but it's like you literally had zero followers. Like you started from scratch. It's, that just seems you, like a recipe for disaster. I'm like could it work out? Yeah, but it's such a long shot. Like, why would you quit your job without anything to like go out? Like, you're literally going from, you know, your job to literally nothing. And you're starting from literally nothing. Like, if you had and, some followers, even then I could understand almost. But And spending all out, that money, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, to rent out the building. And then it's like, all right. It's like, it just, none of it made sense. They spent the money on the building. They spent the money to like put all the desks and stuff in there, get that set up, the cameras, the computers and everything. I was like, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars and you're getting literally no return because you can't make money yet. Like you're not even an affiliate. Like sure. People can tip you every once in a while, but it's like, 
not only that you're streaming like a super saturated popular game like it is this is gonna be tough for you but, yeah uh, i don't i don't know I, that being said i mean if, if it's something you want to try out definitely go for it i don't mean to tell mm-hmm. people like i feel like i'm coming across like don't even try and stream that's not mm-hmm. my intention i'm just saying like yeah, just no. be smart about it try it out don't take just, an unnecessary yeah. risk be smart about it be clever about it you know yeah. don't get ahead of yourself just do all of that yeah so like if you know if you if you just landed that good job coming out of college that's probably the opportune time to tell them forget it i'm gonna go be a youtuber you know just turn them down hundred thousand dollar job you don't need it go to youtube it's it's guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not maybe yeah perhaps maybe, perhaps perhaps somewhere maybe save some money that. first yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man yeah sorry i, I derailed us a bit from your uh no, your fun. store Dude, it's totally fine. But yeah, like I'm saying, yeah. like I was saying, yeah, I just, you know, like you said, there'll be links in the description to my main page, my Etsy store Absolutely. and all my, you know, I have a lot of social media, both for my personal account and for the business. So I recommend mm-hmm. you follow it there. So yeah, if you're ever interested in, I know, gaming videos on one hand, streams or 3D printing, you know, I'm kind of a, kind of consider myself a jack of all trades when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So, you know, feel free to come check me out. I envy your ability to be super consistent about it. That I, I think I, consistency is super important. It, it is. It really. That's where we struggled. Like our Twitch channel is just dead now, unfortunately. Like we get a couple people that stop in when we stream, but we went from having like 110 people concurrent viewers, which is not like amazing, but it was it was okay for what we were, uh, considering how long we'd been we'd been uh, up and running. To like I said, like five now because i stream like i said every other saturday if i'm lucky yeah and i didn't stream for like five months in a row we lost like 60 percent of our our followers it's just like ugh, it's so hard to watch it happen i'm like i just i literally can't stream i don't have the time to do this <laughs> like man yep we'll can't see. really i mean you gotta pick and choose what you do and i feel like you said what 75 to 80 hour weeks just yeah at your main job it's gonna be more think- too with the holidays coming up, advertising yeah. is it at its peak in the next coming weeks. I don't think you're going to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to do an 80 hour uh, week. And then I'm going to stream also another, you know, 30 hours on Twitch. Yeah. It's like, no, that's it. You, you got to pick and choose what you do, you know, to be happy. And that's the I thing don't too. think you'd it's be like, happy if you were doing all of that. No, well, that's the thing. It's like, I have to pick and choose what I do where it's like, obviously I'm going to do my job because I want to make money and I like having a job. So I have health insurance. that's that is in fact a good thing yeah and so it's like all right then outside of that what i want to do obviously the podcast and then it's like all right well i edit the podcast so that takes time all right where what time do i have left okay well you know i have i have obligations like i have you know if my girlfriend here our dog i take care of him it's like just family in general it's like i can't devote every second of the day to creating content like to my hobby like exactly do i wish i could Maybe, but even then, it's like I enjoy like hanging out with people. You know, I like yeah. having, you and, know, hanging out with my family. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of something I struggled with for a while. It was like I want to do yeah. everything. It's like no, mm-hmm. it's if you try to do everything, it's all going to kind of suck. So yeah. I just had to, you know, figure out a, a better schedule and a better distribution of my time that worked for me. And you know, it it definitely took some time. It took time to figure out, you know, what the best distribution was going to be. But I found it. It ended up being good for every part of my uh every part of you know twitch of youtube of Etsy, of etsy of the business everything 
Yeah, I think I th- if I if I work like if I was self-employed as opposed to what I do now, I think I'd be able to manage it a bit more because again, then you'd be like, all right, I know exactly what's coming up. I know exactly what my workflow is going to be because I'm in charge of it as mm-hmm. opposed to like, all right, I do have kind of an idea of what it's going to be like. But at the same time, it's like sort of up in the air because, you know, the company I work for could be like, hey, this is a new thing we're trying out. Do this. And it's like, oh, that's more of my time gone. I see. Good. Good. <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is what it is yep um, you just got like i said you just got to find what works for you yeah yeah so i've been i've been doing my best to manage that and really organize my uh how i spend my time i guess yep but like i said it took anyway. me a long time to get there but i pretty darn happy with where i am that's that's all that matters then yep yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrapped up here? We ran over a little bit, but uh, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. You know, like I said, you know, come check me out on YouTube, on Twitch. You know, I YouTube. I try to put out two videos a week, Game Boy Roulette every Friday, and then I sort of rotate between a bunch of other shows. Monday, uh, I stream mm-hmm. a couple times a week, and then you know, check out the business. You know, if you want something three D printed, want some custom orders for the holidays, you know, I even you know, do bulk orders or something like I just did an order where it's like these people, this company got an award, but they only got one trophy, but there were 17 people on the team. So they're like, can you make us 17 <laughs> copies of this trophy? I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. So yeah, if you uh, ever have any interest in that, you know, come check me out. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to do that myself. I recommend our listeners do that as well. Again, all the links will be in the description. Be sure to check it out. Uh, yeah. Check out digestproductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff on there. We updated all our merch shops uh, fairly recently. Uh, I know I just said this on the last episode, which we recorded yesterday, but this is going to come out a week later. So by this time, it's kind of a moot point. But check out all of our our stuff. Uh, Back for Blood series won't be over. It'll be like halfway in maybe, not quite uh, by the time this episode comes out. It's probably going to be about 20 episodes total, roughly. So we'll see how that goes. I'm in the process of editing those. Awesome. So check those out. Thank you again for coming on, man. Had a blast. Yes, again, chatting. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to, you know, come back if you ever have anything else you want to discuss. Absolutely. Mostly Game, be, mostly game Boy def- related. Yeah, I'd absolutely be happy to have you back on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. It's been episode 94 of the Dead Just Productions podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>